everybody. Welcome back to Those Art Teachers. I'm one of your hosts, Corby, and in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing an interview that Caitlin and I got to do with a tab teacher. This teacher is from Kansas. Her name is Allison Stuckey. She has been teaching within the tab philosophy for about 15 years, and she's been a K-12 art educator for 25 years. Caitlin and I have been eagerly planning and trying to get this interview with Allison, and I'm so glad that we did because not only was it fun, but also Allison is just super open to sharing her knowledge and wisdom and experiences, and so you're going to get to hear a lot about her as a teacher and how her philosophies as a person and artists also just really open up such a great space for her students to learn art and explore within this tab philosophy. I'm going to share a little bit about Allison's background before we get into the interview, just so you can have some ideas of Allison's prior experience that shapes and influences her current teaching practice. Allison, as mentioned, is a proud Kansas native, and she has earned her bachelor's degree in art education, as well as a master of arts in teaching. She's been teaching K-12 through art for 25 years, and she was actually the runner-up for her district's Specials Distinguished Teacher Award in 2019. She was also a part of Artist to Authors Fellowship in 2022 and the Artist Inc. Professional Development Cohort in 2023. Along with teaching, she has showcased her artwork in a variety of exhibitions. This includes Los Angeles, Kansas City, and Wichita, as well as illustrating for numerous printed publications. Allison lives near Colwich, Kansas with her family and a menagerie of furry and feathered creatures. Without further ado, here is the interview with Allison Stuckey, who is currently teaching in a K-5 elementary tab art room. All right. Hi, everybody. In today's episode, we have the lovely tab teacher, Allison Stuckey, here with us today. Hi, Allison. Thanks for joining. Hello. It's so good to be here. Thank you. Yeah. We also have my other co-host. Oh, I thought you were going to say my name. Hi, no, I'm back. I was, waiting, I was waiting for you. So I'm excited to have everybody back. Yeah. yeah. You can say I'm off maternity leave. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Almost. Yeah. All right. So, Allison, we're going to start just by asking you a bunch of questions about your philosophy, the tab, the everything, the ins and outs of everything tab related. Are you ready? I am so ready. Let's do it. Oh, awesome. We've been so excited and eagerly <laughs> awaiting this interview. So we'll just start off with... How do you structure your tab room? Like physical space, skill builders. Yeah. I mean, you could tackle this any way you want. Just how do you structure your tab room? Okay. Um, I really structure everything uh, under the one principle of like everyone coming in here uh, is the artist in the space. And so I try to really look at it through that lens. So um, I have... Uh, seven different spaces um, once everything is opened up and each of those spaces um, consists of materials and resources Um, the demos that maybe I do uh, are posted as well Um, so they can go to that space be inspired get everything they need and uh, even be able to work near that space if they'd like to Um, I 
my whole like lesson is kind of a, I guess I call it a ABA kind of a situation. So um, the A being our time together on the carpet, uh, where I call it our studio meeting, um, where we, that's where I do the demos or artist inspiration or make announcements or whatever it is we need to do, skill builder, or whatever information I need to pass on. And then it's their studio time. Um, and then we always end back together um, with a chance to share or talk about what we explored or what we learned or what we found. So um, that's kind of how the structure of the lesson goes. Um, but I, I think the my room is really sort of set up very similar to other uh, tab rooms that I've been in and had a chance to observe um, where um, everything they need to be successful in that particular um, area or that you know media or theme sort of uh, is is there for them they don't have to go searching very far and could you explain or talk a little bit about your different stations like what do you have available for them to explore and yeah uh, experience so, of course yeah so I have uh, drawing and collage and then I have sculpture and painting and clay and fiber um, and then I just for fourth and fifth grade in this last two months I guess month and a half um, have had a printmaking space opened up just for fourth and fifth so um, yeah so what is that one two three four five six six for everyone and then that seventh little nugget for fourth and fifth okay that's a those are intense your clay and your printmaking I'm so curious is your mm -hmm. clay like wet pottery clay or is it just yeah. it is that mm-hmm yeah I have a kiln that's just across the hallway um, from my room so yeah I, I really try uh, to give them a full um, full art experience so I don't do air dry clay I don't do play-doh um, I, I really try to make them um, make the, that kind of high quality sort of materials ready for them and available for them so that um, when I call them artists that they're using materials that artists use right yeah they're taking it really to heart exactly what about your print making is it mm -hmm. uh, yeah like what are you um putting in those in that area also to yeah. give them that experience yeah so in there uh i have uh jelly plates mostly that's what they sort of they fall in love with jelly plates they love them uh can't get enough of them so in that space i have trays of materials so i have um like stamps and things that they can use. I have a texture tray and then I also have a stencil tray. Um, and then I just use, um, instead of using ink, um, I use um, finger paint because it's thicker and really vibrant colors. And um, yeah, it dries really fast too. So they're, they're able to do multiple colors on, on the same print during, during one class period. That is such a good idea. I've never heard of using finger paint on the finger paint on the jelly plates. And I, I'm going to steal that idea because I've told yeah. Corby in a previous episode that I love jelly plates, but I've been struggling with which like acrylic or actual ink or, you know, like the different yeah. things to use. Um, so, oh, I love, that's perfect. Cleans up so well too. So yeah. So, yeah. I had a question, a follow-up question about that yeah. as well with your stations. Okay. So you said you have six for everybody and then, um, the seventh one printmaking four, fourth and fifth. Mm -hmm. Um, how so just for our listeners to at home yeah. how do you open those stations do they all open at the same time at the beginning of the year or is it uh yeah it's a process throughout the year so can you kind of explain yeah. that 
Absolutely. So I always start with drawing and, um, and it's usually open for, uh, let's see, I usually see everyone in just drawing three times uh, before I then open up collage. Um, and when I open up a studio, like for instance with drawing studio, I do a drawing around the room. So everything that's on the shelf in that space, I just kind of put around the room on different table sets with an explanation, you know, just real quick little demo, you know, that I've done. And then I'll break them into groups and then every so many minutes they're rotating around. So that, and they just have one piece of paper and they're just filling it up with every material that's available. So they've each had the experience with that stuff before uh, it's open for them to, to use. So that's how I do drawing. Collage is the same way. Um, I just sort of break it down then a little bit um, of the materials around the room for them to explore and experiment with. And that's um, typically second through fifth is how I'll do that kind of a thing. K1, it's way slower and like let's just start with the crayons right and this is how we hold it and I mean you know you, you guys know so it's it's much much slower uh pace with with k1 um but but yeah so there'll, there'll be a, a draw around the room collage around the room paint around the room um, um for for those those materials before it's fully open um and then you know along the way if they don't clean it up well or you know, if there's an issue with the use of the materials in that space, then then it's closed down and we do a reopen um, to kind of hit those expectations again. Um, with things like sculpture, for instance, I'll open it with a, um, uh, a collaboration sort of thing where I teach them, show them um, how to make connections without tape or without hot glue. And then they have to come and do three or four of those but I have like this massive thing building on the table and they're just like connecting it in different ways. So it's just like this huge thing that's happening um, throughout the, the week. So uh, that's kind of how I open up uh, the sculpture space. So they each kind of have a unique way of opening them, but all of them are sort of driven for them to get their hands on it as quickly as possible and have the experience. And then I can kind of see where they're at and see, you know, what kind of demos I definitely need to hit or if I need to... There's a certain skill that I'm seeing, you know, I, you know that they, they definitely need some, some reminders on. I can hit that as well. Or even right away, I'll see that, you know, there's an artist that's already going in a direction that's pretty advanced. And so then I can really make note of that and, and push that along quicker than I would otherwise. So I don't know if that answers all of your questions, but that's the general. Yeah, I think that hit a lot of the general overview. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And I love, uh, that gives me some ideas because, um, I started doing tab this year and the drawing, I got kind of stuck in drawing studio because it, there's so many different materials in the drawing studio and I was doing only like one a week and it took way too long. So I love, I love how you just put everything out on the tables mm -hmm. and have them do like stations or centers and have them go around and experiment with all of them quickly because, um, you can get their hands on things so much faster. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, so I think I have like five tables and so there'll be five different materials. Um, yeah. To kind of kick that off. So, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'm totally stealing that too. <laughs> you guys, we brought Allison on basically just to, <laughs> just to learn, just to learn ourselves and to glean like all of this Soak information, the knowledge yeah, for our own <laughs> art studios. Yeah. You bet. You bet. I'm happy to do it. So I think a question that goes 
into this pretty well is with all the things that you're doing because it is so and which I mean Caitlin and I are familiar with and then if, if people are familiar with tab as well it's very experiential based that idea of that like sure. students are in charge of their own learning it's student centered um, which is fantastic it's the way that the art process naturally works so how do you incorporate assessment and do you have any advice on authentic student assessment because you do have so many students exploring so many things yeah. all the time yeah and that is a question that i get all the most the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really honestly probably the most which is good because then it really makes me think okay how am i doing that because i think a lot of it is um i i'm doing it without even really realizing that i'm doing it right i'm just constantly like making mental notes of what i see but as far yeah. as what i'm documenting um when they're in that work time space, right, that's when I get to hop around to each of those tables and each of those studios and really just through observation see where where they're at. But then on my, um, on the computer, right, I guess that's a good way of bringing that up, but on the computer I have like a, a sheets, right, and so as they're sharing at the end or if I see, you know, something happening specifically that I know hits a standard or hits something that I've been focusing on, I'll, I just put their name, their grade, what it is, what the experience was, like what did I see, uh, and then which standard. So I just have a kind of a running list of all of those things. So, um, and that's K through five. So even kindergartners at the end of class will share what they made and then I'm just making note of it. And then I'll put like a little, you know, already doing space or something like that with kinders, right? So I already know that we're, we're heading in that direction. So um, I do it that way. And then, um, as I said, through observation is just huge. I mean, I'm, I just always have a notebook or post-it notes close by that I'm just making note of what I'm seeing and like names and what I saw, you know, very specifically um, so that I can just kind of keep track of that. But then I do self-assessments with the kids. So um, at least twice throughout the year, I give them a chance to to share um, how they think they're doing, and and that's based off of you know a goal that they wrote in August and um, as well. So um, that is all happening, you know. And then our district requires uh, that we use scales, and and I just focus um, a lot on the the main national core standards. I, I we have entirely too many um, scales that you know that were thrown at us. So I just I really just focus on on those uh, key. <laughs> key ones I, because they're process based and that's what my room is it's it's a process based room that's that's what I'm uh, that's my focus is um, how do they get from point A to point B and how successfully are they doing that and, um, and so that that's where the focus really is if that helps yeah I think I have this idea in my mind in in the teacher world or in academia like this all sound this all makes sense it's like I'm doing the same thing I'm keeping everything in my head I'm having conversations with kids and it just happens naturally and organically. And I'm like, is there just this magic answer of like how other tab teachers are organizing it or keeping up on their grading sheets where I'm like, I, I hate all of that. Like today we went over our ceramic project and I told them, I was like, you can't have a wrong answer because you're making this based on your ideas to fit like the theme of this project. You just need to explain how it fits the theme. Like, absolutely. It's it's as simple as that, but mm -hmm. it's like I feel like there's these loopholes that we have to, I don't know, have all this fancy data tracking and showcase what we're doing that it just seems overwhelming at times. And so when you say, Allison, that you don't like assessment, you mean like the formal assessment? Yes, yes, 100%. I, um, 
like I, I understand the concept. I understand we need to track and see growth and all of that. But um, uh, at the same time, I don't want my students, what scale are we talking about today? What is the, you know, I, I don't want that to be the focus. It's, it's the exploring, it's the experience, it's, you know, the growth in their skill. That's, um, and even their, the growth in how they feel about themselves as artists. And there's not a scale for that, right? And so um, that's, to me, what, I mean, that's the good stuff. And so, um, yeah, so that's why I always struggle when I talk about assessment, because I, I am doing it. It's, it's being done. Um, but it's, uh, it's as, um, as easy as I can make it, and it's as unintrusive as I can make it. And it's as authentic as I can make it. I think we are on the same page as well. Like, I, yeah. uh, I, I know that some administrators want to see the scale on the board in front of the class and like literally verbally talk about what is a three look like? What is this? And I think that's so different in our <clears throat> position because it's subjective, first of all. And the artist process isn't always known ahead of time, like what you're going to do. Um, and that, I think it is a total, to expect that out of art teachers, it's a total um, like mismanagement of our field, of our, of our profession as a way too. For like, as an art teacher, we know what that looks like and that might not be something we can even verbalize at the beginning of class. Um, and that, and that also, I agree. I don't think I want my students thinking about that. Like I want them having fun with the materials and exploring and creating and not thinking, Oh, to get a three, I need to do this. Like that's so transactional. So they do it though. That's how my middle schoolers are. And I, it stresses me out so much because it takes away that the, like the journey of their own mm -hmm. growth and their own feelings on themselves. Like that hits so hard, Allison, mm -hmm. because they will calculate. They'll be like, wait, okay. So if I do this, this, and this, then I'll have three points or four points. Oh, I'll have three. Right. Okay. I'll still have a B. I'm not going to get in trouble at home. Like I'm still passing and I'm exactly. just like, Oh, it's that. Is this good enough? Is this good enough? Yeah. And it's, I, that I, that's one of my least favorite questions because I always, yes. you know, like I try to put it back on them. Like, is it good enough for you? I, it doesn't, right. this is not about me. You know, are you happy with where it's at right now? Have you, are you proud of it? Have you put all of it in that you wanted to put in? It's a story told, right? And if so, then, then it's enough, right? Now you're ready to take it home. Um, so yeah, I, I uh, you know, I, I know that assessments are, part of education right and that's not going to go away but i um i really just try to keep mine as observational as possible and uh you know and i have i have scales and they're and they're posted about you know and i can sure point at them when needed but that is just really not the assessment piece is just not the focus of of my space i mean why why would i want to have a five-year-old stressing about a number on their drawing. I mean, it, that is just defeating the purpose. No, it's, there's no fun in that. No. And Do it you... could be defeating oh, to the five-year-old. Like, 100%. I think it, it, it takes away, it can take away confidence instead of mm -hmm. building confidence mm -hmm. uh, and make people self-conscious and judging each other yeah. or themselves. And I, th yeah, I agree. I'm, we're on the same page. 
Yeah, and I think it puts a lot back on the adult, too, to be like, oh, well, you're the, the keeper of the knowledge, you're the, the know-all of art, and it, it must be like you're mm-hmm. you're the head of everything and you yeah. know what's best, where it's not giving them that agency to make that Absolutely. those choices either. Absolutely, yep. I'm, I'm curious, Allison, <laughs> since you're talking a lot about, like, you're doing the direct visual observation, is it, it sounds like it's a lot of conversations with oh, students yeah. as well, so you're taking, like, all of their verbal... Um, like, oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the engagement with their yeah, like, the interaction, and writing stuff like that. Absolutely, down. yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think that's the that's the piece that um, that uh, teacher directed classrooms are missing, right? That's that's the piece because you're in front trying to make sure everything is. It, now are we all and how are we doing? And you know, it's that whole thing instead of really sitting down and having conversations and engaging and developing those relationships and and seeing interests and seeing it go a certain way and just being able to say what if you know and send them in a new direction or ooh i've got an artist for you come over here to the resource table let me show you this and and i think that that's the sort of thing where when you're when you're teacher led you're in front of the room and you don't you don't get to have those interactions on on the daily like you do in a tab space and i think that's one of the pieces that i love so much is just at the end of the year like just feeling like i know every one of those kids in a way that no one else in the, in the school does um that yeah i mean if you hashtag that's why i tab there i mean there it is right there it is I love that <laughs> hashtag. That's why I tab. That should be the name of this episode there now. Go. There we go. <laughs> okay, so Allison, uh, how do you decide what grade and which standards to assess? I mean, you kind of touched on that already, but um, like you said, you use those, I think they're the six priority standards which uh, are basically the national standards, right? The Kansas State and national standards. Um, So do you just, when you observe something, you mark it down? Or do you actually kind of look for, uh, like, let's say, creating ideas um, and you, you observe, you're trying to observe creating ideas and you mark that only one down at a time? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, oh, gosh it's pretty organic. So the thing about the thing about tab and the thing about it being completely uh, student driven is it's already their idea, right? So, so like some of those are like, they're happening without even having to really pay any attention to, to them. I mean, it just organically happens. So, but, but yes, I mean, when it starts getting close to the, you know, end of the nine weeks, like it is right now, and I'm thinking, oh, shoot, I haven't opened up that grade program yet, right? I need to crack that open. Uh, But I think that's, you know, I can just, it's really easy, because, you know, creating from an original idea or a personal experience, that's every time they step into the space, they only create things that they have had an experience with. Um, Whereas if, if I'm in another sort of, you know, in teaching environment and it's my idea well well now that is a little bit more difficult to to be able to assess of them right because it's it's my personal experience that i'm turning into an assignment for you to do and so then that does become a little more difficult but um but yes so uh so i will just i I, it's pretty pretty easy to go back through my you know my through my computer and see everything that i've typed in that they have shared right taken out of the room quickly go over my notes and just see, but by the end of the year, 
um, we we've we've hit those standards pretty pretty solidly all the way through, um, and not because I have intentionally focused on them, but just because it's kind of just part of the the environment anymore, honestly. Mm -hmm. That makes sense, and I've I've kind of wondered the same thing. Like it almost seems, I, I think it was actually more difficult to grade before I was doing tab. And now I'm like, this is, I, am I kind of like what Corby said earlier? Like, am I missing something? This seems too natural. <laughs> like, cause you're right. It is their idea. So it's pretty easy to be like, yep, you checked that. Like, this is your idea. Cause I'm not, you know, we're not forcing it. It's, it is organic and natural. Um, so that, that makes a lot of sense. Are there things that you don't grade? Like, um, for example, I, uh, a lot of my students will, you know, like, or like uh, when you're opening a studio and they're doing the, um, you know, the, what'd you call it? The drawing around the room, you know, all of that exploration, is that something you would grade or something that is just exploration for the sake of exploration? And you, you let that be. There's a lot that doesn't, that does not get graded, that, that they don't even share, mm -hmm. um, especially in K1. I mean, it is a make or take, <clears throat> a make or take situation. They, they want to, you know, they want to walk out with something every time. So there's a lot that doesn't go graded. Um, but there'll be specific things that they'll take the time to share or specific things that I'll see, you know, that they've done that I'll make note of. Um, and, and if I notice that a kid hasn't shared or I don't have anything kind of documented, then I'll just make sure that they're the ones that get called on to share or that I spend a little extra time, you know, having conversations with to kind of see. But, um, but yeah, like, like I said, it's a, it, it is, um, it is a much easier um, classroom and environment to, to be able to truly assess just because I'm in the middle of it all um, instead of being pulled, you know, pulled to the front of the room with all the information. As for the sharing, because I'm, my middle schoolers complain about the classes they have to give presentations in. I'm like fascinated I know it works differently with elementary. Like, I think that would have been a different ballgame if I was in that back in that boat. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious because I know in the elementary world we see so many kids, or you do since I'm not in it anymore, but you see so many kids. So how do you structure making sure that people get to share? Like, it's not everybody per class. Is it just like you have a handful of a, a certain groups that have to go, or could you talk a little bit more about that? Right. So – with like 10 minutes left, my cleanup music starts. And then it usually takes a good five minutes to get everyone clean and back to their starting spots or back to the carpet or, you know, depending on the class. And so that usually gives us a good five minutes. And so um, I, you know, just, does anyone want to share something they explored or something they experienced, something they found, right? And so, well, that's how it all begins. Uh, and then because I'm keeping track of who's sharing, then I can, you know, once I kind of get a list going, then I can see who hasn't. And so then I'll start with them maybe the next time, those kids who haven't had a chance. With K-1, I do, I share in a lot of different ways um, because with them, they start at table spots instead of on the carpet for studio time or our studio meeting. And so um, they'll share with people at their table. We'll do small little critiques at their table where they each share and talk about what they did and give each other feedback. Um, Sometimes then they'll, I'll pick one from each to stand up and present to the whole class. So it's just sort of like getting them into that mode of what that looks like and that it is a safe space to be able to do that. And we're building each other up here, you know? And so then by the time they're second, third grade, it's, it's, I mean, 
it's no big deal to be able to to share and to, and they want to do that. Um, they'll remind each other to clean up quicker so that we have time to share. So, um, and and it's a uh, you know it's it's there's a lot of uh, procedures in just that little five minutes. Like this is how we listen. This is these are the questions that we can ask. This is you know the kind of comment that is going to build up you know, our artists. And so there's a lot of, of that um, because when they do get together on that tight little spot of the carpet, it's, you know, hands are touching and we're talking and we're whispering in the back and, you know, there's all that stuff. But I, I, I just over and over explain to them that that is the gold mine, right? That is the gold mine time of the hour where they're, they're hearing and seeing all of these original unique ideas. And, and man, one of these is going to make, is going to, you know, get something going in you it's going to inspire you for next time so don't don't miss this i mean this is gold guys i mean i really you know you can sell anything to little kids i sell that so much so that it just becomes such an easy thing to do as they become older and 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 finish up it's it's just what we do there's there's no questions uh and no problems with it and even new kids that come in um they're first they're like what's happening <laughs> you know and then and then they they like the the opportunity to share as well. So um, it's a good way to get them quickly into the into the space and and see what they can do. So that I love buy in. Oh yeah, yeah. I was say that. Well, we're gonna say the same thing. <laughs> so rich, like that's so important. It says so much about your classroom culture because I think that's what I'm fighting. Is like my students are so used to it in all the other classes being teacher directed and then being forced to share because they have to do it for a grade. And so I'm trying to break that down to get them to be ready to do that. And it happens easier or quicker with some classes and it's it's a real struggle for some, but like those are really great tips to really help perpetuate like that. Um, like you said, that safe space to be able to be brave and, and bring their ideas to other people. I love that you hype that up, the oh, yeah. sharing and, um, and, yeah, that's great because you. Uh, I think I found that if you're excited about something and put an emphasis on something, that the students will become excited about it too. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's like you're creating a little bit of magic right there by hyping up yeah. the share time yeah. um, and making it less of not a chore. Right. It's just part of it's part of what we do, right? And it and it also allows us to to hit two of those studio habits. So the reflect piece, right, which is so huge, but then also the understand the arts community. And I sort of make that like each other, like the community is, is our classroom. It's our community of artists in this space. So that's, that's how we, we also talk about connecting to that particular habit is, is, you know, when we have a chance to share and you see someone is interested in that also, well, maybe next time you're collaborating and working on something together. Right. And so um, it does kind of allow them to, to connect better with the, with the community of little artists in that space. That's how I see that studio habit of mind as well. The like understanding arts communities um, as like the classroom can be that community. It is that community for them and their peers, the other artists and sharing those ideas. And I love that, that sharing time at the last five minutes of class is like the perfect time for them to do that. They also obviously like, I don't know about you, but I mean, I do know it because I have observed you, but um, uh, they can engage with each other during the class, uh, during the 45 minutes or whatever time you have um, as well. And a lot of other classes, they don't get to do that. 
And I had a, someone come in and observing me and they were like, oh, I see that they're, they're teaching each other. That's a four on our scale, you know, instead of a, just a three. That's that they can teach each other and share with each other. That communication engagement is like what we're wanting. I'm like, yeah, because I let them talk. <laughs> yeah. we, we let them speak during our class. What a and novel idea. Yeah. Wow. They we get to communicate during our work time. <laughs> yeah. Instead of having like such a controlled, uh, just, uh, you know, only two minutes to turn and talk. It's like, no, we have 45 minutes that you can talk to each other when it's an appropriate time. And, and that is such a great, like you said, a gold mine for sharing ideas. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I've had uh, teachers, classroom teachers come in just to kind of hang out for the last, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. And they're, the comments that I hear more often than not is that they had never seen those two kids ever interact before. So they they don't sit by each other in the classroom. They don't play soccer together, you know, whatever. But in for some reason, some little idea that they both realized they were interested in brings them together in that space. Um, and it's just so cool because the teacher is surprised to see them working together. Um, and I'm like, they have been doing that all year. Like, you know, um, because they share that one thing, right. Yeah. That, that the, the rest of the school doesn't have a chance to see. So, yeah. Yeah. You're facilitating ideas. You're also facilitating relationships 100%. through art. I think a huge thing. I've noticed that in conferences where um, I'm talking with other teachers and they're trying to figure out like, okay, well, what are these, what are they, what is that student interested in? Or um, I can't find a, a peer that they do feel comfortable talking with. And I'm like, oh, well, I have the tea, like so-and-so will talk to so-and-so and this person works really well with this person. And they're like, how do you know all of these things? And I'm like, because this is part of the classroom structure and engagement. Like they're allowed to talk, they're allowed to share ideas and it helps them also build listening skills and build communication skills and then we can figure out how they can better do that with other projects and other things in life yeah it's Absolutely. just like it to me I'm like it's not that hard just right let them let them live their life <laughs> yeah let them just be the little people that they are right but we yeah we noticed early on after COVID that they really they were like parallel playing right they, they, there was very little interaction. And when there was, there would be confrontation. Like I had it for, you know, that sort of thing. And so we just started noticing that kind of as a school and I'm sure as a world. Right. But, um, we, we kind of were like, I'm, I was thinking, especially with my like K one and two, those COVID babies, I really was trying to put things out, put manipulatives and building materials and, and just sort of as a way of, uh, almost forcing them to have to interact. And, and then I'm just kind of hanging around, waiting to be able to say, ooh, what would be a better way of asking for that? Or what would be a nicer way of explaining that? Or how could you, what could you? And so we really just sort of uh, within that space and then and the music teacher as well, we just sort of tried to put things in, in, in our places, in our spaces so that uh, we could kind of force that issue a little bit and, and be able to work on those things. And I don't know where else that was happening, but um, but just a huge difference in how they're able to work with each other and talk to each other now. Um, and I think it was just because we kind of forced the issue, but in an organic way, right? I mean, I didn't say you and you go play with Legos because I know you're going to be upset with each other. Like it wasn't like that at all, but um, but it, it did in that sort of safe space that was created. It was it was cool to be able to to work on that relational stuff too so yeah 
So what is something, and I don't know, I feel like we've already kind of touched on this as well, but what's something that you feel like you wish were different about our profession? I mean, we've already kind of talked about assessment and it's okay if that's the answer. Uh, Or is there anything else? I would love if across the school um, there could be more of an opportunity for kids to do what they do in, in my room. Um, and I think like one of our fifth grade teachers was really, really loved what he was seeing in the space and seeing how his kids were responding to the space. And so he worked really hard, um, in his math block to do something very tabby. Um, and he was, uh, he would teach the new concept for seven minutes and he put a timer on it. And then he had like, four or five different spaces where they could, if they learn best with manipulatives, they would go there. If they worked better with a worksheet, they would go there. If they needed to listen to his again, he had videoed it and they could go listen to it on the computer. Or So it was, it was like all of these ways. So they learned how they learned best, right? Which was so huge, I thought, for that age, especially. And then, but then it was also sort of had that feel of like, they're driving this, right? And it worked so well and he continues to implement that. So I think, I think there, there is a great, I think there's a great concept in that, in that philosophy that really could, could go across the the gamut. I really, I really do believe that, but it, it takes, um, it takes some outside of the box thinking, right. And it takes teachers that are confident enough in how they teach and how they run their room that they can dive into that. And I feel like they're losing control of, you know, all of the things. Um, but, but I really, uh, I, I really do think that that is one thing that if I could change something, if I could, you know, give um, the, the magic pill, right. would be everyone take this and you're going to have the confidence to give your kids more autonomy in your space and, and then just step back and let them, thrive and let them grow. Um, I think that's, that would probably be my long winded answer to your question. Oh, that's not long winded compared to us. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, that was so succinct and well said and structured. Yeah, Yeah, no, I, I love that idea. And um, what it reminds me of, uh, it just like, this just jogged in my memory um, was the I think the studio habits of mind are um, they're they come from the same like think tank as uh, the habits of mind and the habits of mind also are you know they they relate to other uh, content areas and uh, so I wondered um, if you had like heard about that and um, I think that that is something that I wish as well like other educators and other content areas would incorporate more and I think there's there's uh the philosophy is there and the uh the help on you know the resources are there I think it's something that as a district you know we I don't think we have adopted as a district as far as I know um but yeah I think that would that would be great if that was adopted more for sure I was gonna say not to get too existentially here yeah, but for I sure, think that for sure I think to schools in general, just the sit and get the old fashioned mentality that's not project based learning. If we could just 
do away with all of that, that this is the ideal scenario where it is student-centered and it really is about empowerment of the students and the teachers. I think it's so cool, so, so cool that it, it happened to be also the math teacher. I think that that's a really tough subject. I mean, I'm speaking from experience. Like, I wish I would have been taught math in different ways, but, like, I think that's a really tough one to open up different experiences of learning, the modalities of learning, and then be able to let kids interact and learn the best way that they find possible. That's that's so cool. Yeah, it, it, it was really phenomenal. And, uh, and he even had the idea of doing something similar in his ELA block um, where, you know, they're reading what they want to read off of this, you know, bookshelf of ideas and then um, presenting it in a multiple you know, multiple ways. Um, so having some choice in how they were able to present what they had been reading and, and connected with. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's definitely there. And I think um, as more and more, you know, those buzzwords of autonomy and those buzzwords of empowerment, and, and then you start connecting in the relational capacity and um, SEL. And I mean, all those things are just begging for, for more, more student voice. Um, so, yeah, that's the hope is that that's the direction that that the system is going. Yeah, sidebar, side question, but I've never thought about tab in this way, but I was talking to actually a yoga instructor recently or someone who's going through yoga training and talking about trauma-informed practices and that's something like Caitlin and I talk a lot. Oh, yeah, I was like you're doing the big head nod. I was like we talk about that Caitlin and I so much and it seems just kind of like second nature and just our philosophies but have you come across that Allison that tab tab really is this philosophy that does really empower these ideas of being like through a trauma lens and being centered around like respecting students and their ideas and leaving space for all of that yeah is that something you come across a lot 100% in trainings yeah, and things for 100%. tab yeah absolutely and you know and when i mean at at its core when you are asking kids to come and, and create art about something they have experienced, you are absolutely going to cross into those sorts of traumatic experiences as well, right? I mean, that that is just going to happen. And so that's why I think, you know, being able to create that safe space where they're, they're, they feel like they can do that in that space, um, that, I mean, that that is, uh, what a privilege, right? <laughs> Gosh, what a privilege to be able to, um, to, to help kids through the, the stuff, right? And and to do it in um, in the realm of art. I mean that that's just that's that's a special special thing. So yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, like you said that well, it is a huge privilege. I've not even considered the language being used though, like in the tab philosophy about like giving the students the opportunities to choose and to learn, or and I invite you to do this, and having those opportunities. Like I've never thought about it that way. I just thought that was that was interesting. Yeah, it is interesting, and and I I don't know that I if any if any of you know the the trainings or the sessions that I've been part of I don't know that it was you know specifically trauma based was discussed, but I think there's always that you know social emotional piece that's there, and so I think that's maybe it's it's definitely in there. Yeah, definitely in there for sure. Okay, so what is something that you love about our profession or your job specifically? I think, I think the relationships with the little the little boogers. I think I mean that's that's the best. Uh, you know, hearing 
hearing their their stories, hearing about what excites them, the experiences that they're having, but also being that consistent person in their education, right? That year after year, I know that she's going to be in there and she's going to let me make what I want to make and what I'm interested in. And she's going to support that. And it's safe to do it there. I think that, um, that takes that relationship piece to, to a whole nother level. You know, it's not just, I like her cause I like art. It's, there's just more, I just know them better. They know me. Um, and so I, I think that's probably my favorite, you know, I, I'm, you know, a week away from saying goodbye to kids that I've had for six years. You know what I mean? Like that's, I thought high school was tough having kids for three, you know, maybe four years, but that's a whole nother, a whole nother ball game to have kids for six years, see them, you know, with all of their baby teeth to all their adult teeth. You know what I mean? It's like that whole, that whole thing that happens that is just so amazing to be able to be a part of. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely, um, that's definitely the part that I, that I love the most. That's awesome. Yeah. I've never thought about it in, in uh, terms of teeth, but you're right. We see a really big change from the time they're kindergartners or even like pre-K. Do you see no. pre-K kids? No. Okay. So, um, for, yeah, from, from the time they're kindergarten to fifth grade, it's such yeah. a huge change. Yeah. So it's, it's awesome. yeah, it's, that's awesome. Yeah. I love being that consistent person as well. And you've been at your school for a uh, long seven, time, right? Years. Yeah, mm-hmm. seven uh-huh. years at, at this, this one, one yeah. this last yeah. school. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. So yeah. that's that's, yeah, that's wonderful. Great. I think relationships also get the hashtag why I tab. There we I go. think it is yeah. very much mm-hmm. relationship centered yeah. for anybody that's choosing to open that up yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. um, this year, my principal just through Esser funds. Um, had me there on Mondays. So I was there four days a week. So then I had a chance to see kids twice a week, uh, which was just amazing. Um, but she she actually pitched it in order to help try to get it funded. She pitched it as SEL art um, for, for, that, for that Monday time, which was really, I mean, that, yes, you know, that's what it is. Um, and so it was just cool to, to sort of uh, see it kind of tucked under that, that realm for sure. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. That is cool. And honored yeah. as such too. Like as we're coming back to that topic mm-hmm. full circle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's probably the best. That's like probably the best use of ESSER funds that I've heard <laughs> yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. It was like extra binders, summer packets. Oh, and SEL art, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, I love that. All right. So our last and final question is, do you have any advice for a work slash personal life balance? Mm. Cause we know you are a very busy yeah. bee with large family, your menagerie or what did you call it? Your, uh, yeah. Menagerie <laughs> of furry and feathered <laughs> <Yeah>. creatures. You <laughs> also make art. You're an, I mean, yeah. you're an artist. So yeah. Any um, advice? <laughs> I think, uh, we were talking about, about this, um, and how at some point, and I really don't know when, but at some point, the ability to sort of compartmentalize uh, wasn't something I had to think about. And, and I think that, and it might be from being like a, an ath- a college athlete, you know what I mean? Like there's a, where you have to, regardless of what's happening, you have to be on, right? For game time, that 40 minutes, like you're on. Uh, and so I don't know if that's sort of where it was developed, but, um, but I think the quicker that that you're able to um, 
compartmentalize the the more successful you're going to be in all facets um because you know personal life is is going to get messy right and 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 so then if that is where you're dwelling when you come into the schoolhouse you're not going to be very good at your job at the schoolhouse right so and if it's been a really rough day at the schoolhouse and you carry that with you home then the personal life is not going to be great right so it's that um that need to uh, to be able to compartmentalize, but, but then also, again, relationships, you know, making sure that you've got those people within that schoolhouse that you can, you can debrief with, and you can talk things out with and brainstorm with. And because it it is one of those parts of the school, having that role in the school that can be very isolating. There's not another art teacher in the space, right? You're flying solo here. And so, um, so I think for me, my specialist team is just really, um, sort of my rock and, and in between classes, it's a quick check-in or it's, a, you know, at the end of the day, a quick, a quick, uh, chance to debrief. I think that's really important to be able to do before, before you come home, because, um, it's, I've been in, you know, been in tougher school situations where that carried over and that's, that's no fun around the dinner table. Like the, the, the family doesn't want to hear about your third block and what out. You know, like they don't want to. They, please stop with it, right? And so just being able to to really make that clean distinction between the two, I think is um, is a way to keep it healthy in both both realms. Yeah, that's great. I, I Do you think that that's something that, because I'm in my, this is my fifth year teaching. Is that something that came to you pretty quickly or is that something that took time to kind of build that skill up of compartmentalizing um what was yeah your i mean it probably that? took me 10 years before i realized that was a thing that i needed to do right i mean uh and then and then once i realized that it was there was some crossover happening that that wasn't allowing me to be very good in either space i think that's when i really just started to try to to sort of clear it right before i walked in and clear it before i walked out so that uh so I was really able to focus wherever I was and be present wherever I was. That's huge. Do you have any like routines or anything that you do? Like I've been trying to like give myself some time at my like end of the day to kind of like tidy up or clean where it's like mm-hmm. I'm doing that mentally as much as I'm also doing yeah. it physically or like, I don't know, some people I think, I mean, I also use art as a way to kind of yeah. decompress too, but do you have anything in particular that you are doing to kind of like cleanse mm-hmm. or shift mentally when you're going from situation to situation like school to yeah. home or vice well, versa? Well, it um right now because we moved right before covid, we moved out into the country. So I've got about a 20 minute commute and it's, you know, the majority of it is through like fields and I'm passing a lot of open space and I think I think that commute has really been helpful in that. Um, because then I can usually get it all thought out before I, I get home. Now I do have two girls, two little girls that come to school with me. And so they're in the car too, but they also, uh, like on the way there, it's cool because they're on the way to school, they're like asking about the day. And so I'm able to kind of tell them about what's coming for the day. And it's also kind of getting me ready for it. Right. And then on the way home, they're just like zombies in the back and I'm kind of zombie behind the wheel. And we're just like <laughs> trying to get it all sort of processed and, and worked out before we get home. So I think the commute is really helpful. I think before we moved out here, it was I would walk to school and it was sort of that walk to school, that walk home was really nice. Um, 
I think just giving your, yourself that opportunity. And there are times at school where I can feel that it's, man, this is going to be a rough afternoon if I don't do, you know. And so I'll just take my lunch and walk around the block at the school or just, you know, try to try to get. For me, it's it's nature and it's physical activity. That that seems to be um, kind of what helps what helps me sort of manage. That's awesome. I think that's so important. I've been also going out and trying to like do a quick sketch or something. I keep Mm -hmm. my fidget. Yeah. Like just trying to figure out what can help keep you regulated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a real thing. I mean, there, there are so many, Um, so many teachers that you can just tell, I mean, it's, it just weighs so, so heavy. Um, and, and it's not getting any easier, you know? And so, um, I think it is, it is important to find that, to find that thing and, and then stick with it. Um, that's, that's, you know, teacher burnout is, is happening. We're losing so many amazing people. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I think part of it is just because they're, right. yeah, cause they're not, maybe not able to, to make the separation or they're not able to sort of stay on, on top of it and give themselves that space just to clear it. Um, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. This is a tough one, guys. This is a tough profession that we all chose. And, you know, we can be smiley and like glowy about the relationships, but man, it's just right. at the same <laughs> breath, like so, so hard. Uh, so worth it, but so hard. Well, and yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's like you made, you just made that connection for me. Like that's part of why it's so difficult is because we do care Yes. And we, we do value those relationships and we do take them home with us, whether we like try to compartmentalize it or not. Like it's in our, it's in our body, you know, like it's in our skin, it's in our blood because those things are happening to us as much as we're happening mm-hmm. to it, like at school. And those experiences are affecting us. And so as many positive relationships as we're building, there's also the ones that are really difficult and like the things that we're we're learning about each other. And, um, so I think that's, that's for me why it's hard to compartmentalize it because it's like, how do you let go of that and just go home? Um, you'll get there. And those behaviors. Yeah. (laughs) And those behaviors can be, it's hard not to take them personally Mm -hmm. when it's, you know, a kid cussing you out or whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, Yeah, it's that, it's that important piece of like, uh, separating the kid from the behavior. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Well, I had a, one more question, even though Corby, you just said that was our last one. Uh, something that came to mind was I I wanted to know, um, cause we've been kind of controlling the, the questions here, but is there anything that you would like to share with any of our listeners about tab, um, any like a misconception about tab or, I mean, if you could just say anything about tab yeah. that you feel like people need to hear, uh, is there anything like that you have in great mind? Question. Yeah, great question. Yeah. Great um, question. <clears throat> well, there are a lot of misconceptions about tab. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, fear of a lack of control, right. Which is not the case at all. There's um, a fear of mass chaos. There's a fear of, uh, you know, going through too many materials. There's a fear of um you know of 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 something new i think also um and and i think my my words of advice or for people who are seeing it as something to fear instead of something to embrace is um 
is that we all sort of have to find at some point our voice in this profession. And for some, it takes just a couple of years, right? I mean, I've seen teachers that are two or three years in and I'm just like, gosh, how are you making it look so easy already, right? Well, typically it's because they've found their voice. Like it, it was something that, um, that maybe came easy or something that they really spent a lot of time on. But I know for me personally, it took 10 years before I found my voice and, I've, and I just happened to find it in TAB. But um, I, I don't think TAB is for everyone. And I hear, I hear people say, well, I'm kind of a modified TAB. And, and I don't think that that can be a thing. I don't, I don't think there's a modified TAB because I think if you're modifying the philosophy, your, your choice, right? You're, you're modifying it by giving a theme or you're modifying it by saying you can only use these materials. Or you're modif- I mean, modifying of a philosophy is sort of a strange thing anyway. But then, um, but then I think any, any modification of the three pillars of TAB is, is really just choice-based, which is awesome. You're still giving choice and that's amazing for kids. So, um, so anyway, I think, I think TAB for me and for a lot of teachers that I know was something that matched really well with their personality, with how they viewed themselves in the profession. Um, and it just, it just seemed to click in, in that way. And so it's not something that, um, that you can just jump into. Um, I think it takes a lot of research and a lot of, of self-reflection. Um, and, and only then really, is it something that you can, uh, you can really implement successfully. Um, you know, I've heard teachers listen to my, my, you know, in services before and then say, oh, I tried that tab thing on, you know, PD Wednesday and it was horrible. I'm like, I'm sure it was like that. It's not a thing you just throw in like that you, uh, you know, it's something that you embrace and it's something that you, that you uh, connect with on, you know, on a different level. And, and, um, and so I guess that's what I would say about tab in my, you know, my elevator pitch for why I found tab and why I love tab and why I, um, I enjoy talking about it is because um, it's how I found my voice. It's what saved my career. It's what made me decide to stay uh, in education instead of selling real estate or something. Um, And so, um, yeah. I think that's hashtag why I tap. I love that. Slow, slow and clap. also, slow yeah, clap. Slow clap. we're just going to do a slow clap. Yep. Allison was like, I was about to stand up and just be like, yes, it's giving Dumbledore wisdom today, everyone. That's my uh, middle school talk coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Also, how did you know that my backup plan is real estate agent? Because yeah. we can do that shit together, right. Allison. If we it. ever need to jump okay. ship, if we're we ever it. need to jump ship, that we can. Right. Yeah, I, won't, okay. I won't be joining you all on that, but <laughs> but you two can do that very much. Right. So we're in. We're in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Well, I've learned so much from you, Allison. That's what I wanted to also say before we go. I've learned so much. I observed you my very first year teaching and I was like, how do I do that someday? And I feel like I'm still still learning from you. So I really appreciate you coming on our podcast and really appreciate everything you have. I to appreciate give. the chance. Uh, thanks for inviting me on. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Allison. I just appreciate always chatting with you. And truly, though, not all jokes aside, Dumbledore wisdom, but truly like your perspective and just your philosophy and the way you approach tab, it's just come across 
since day one of knowing you. So I was super excited to learn even more today with you. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Thank you, Corby. Thank you so much. All I appreciate right. it. Take care of yourselves. You Thanks. too. You too. Okay. So that was our lovely Miss Allison Stuckey that joined us and we thoroughly enjoyed interviewing her. She is just the best. Um, I learned a lot. What about you, Corby? I learned a ton and it was also really fun to do an episode with you again. I know. I'm back. At least for this one. really great. Yeah. I'm guest starring. (laughs) In your own podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at those art teachers. Uh, You can interact with us on there and we will see you next time. Bye, not bye. Bye, not bye.